0: city image
1: what's up guys welcome to another episode of the city image podcast i am blind the theological giant here with you again we are persevering through 2020 keeps knocking us down but we keep rising and stepping back up and um i'm glad to be with you guys thankful for everyone listening under the side of my own voice. Who I'm with? Who we got?
2: It's that's Anita standing in her personhood. I feel like I only show up for the episodes for sex and money, so here I am. Good morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Clay, AKA Donald Sterling, AKA Young Cleasy. Uh I'm Excited to be here. Uh, and uh, hopefully y'all, y'all get something great out of this.
2: So this is Barleen the Wild
1: Thornberry. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm keeping it 100% real. Like, we just started talking, and then we hit the record button, and the episode came out of it. So, we are accidentally talking about relationships and the place of sexual attraction before and during marriage. And, yeah, we just looked up, and an hour passed by, and we were talking. So, we're like, hey, shipping it. We're putting it out there. Um, so hopefully you guys get Blessed by the conversation um, You know and a lot of th- A lot of things we just keep you know uh, Thinking things through Lord confessed that she was wrong On the you know what That is not what really she said and, and <laughs> That is not what she said She did not say
2: that She confessed she, that she, she was has wrong. evolved
1: <laughs> And you know I'm more balanced in my approach as well um, I've evolved um, and, we're, and I don't think anybody truly disagree with anything that was said but it was a great discussion so keep it live keep it locked. you are now listening to the city image podcast be right back what is up family it's brian the theological giant i just want to thank all of you for listening to the city image podcast your continued support gives us the ability to produce faith-based content that is relevant to the urban context if you haven't already Subscribe to City Image so that you won't miss any of our episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast on every major platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast helps us grow our audience. Also, if you've been blessed by our work, please consider sharing our content with friends and on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the City Image, and make sure to like the City Image Facebook page as well. Lastly feel free to email any feedback, thoughts, and comments on any of our episodes at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Arranged marriages, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't, you know, I can't speak to that negatively or positively. You know? <laughs> it's that where I grew up in America, where everybody's out here making their own choice, you know, it is yeah, what it is. And, I, and I think that there's some, you know, I think there's some obvious setbacks to that, like obvious problems with that, because marriage is a stable institution. So it's 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 kind of good to have it arranged because then it's like you're arranging for people to be in a stable institution. Um, but I would also think it's probably more necessary in poorer countries because, you know, America is almost like, you know, like there are many many women with great jobs that like by themselves are more stable than men and don't need marriage um so it's, it's weird but i don't know i'm just well, like
0: it, it's like a biblical view of marriage right and, I, and and you're not speaking from experience like you're not required to marry the person you love by god you're required to love the person you married, right? Mm-hmm. And so that honeymoon phase, or like you start dating someone, oh, I, this best. I can't believe God made somebody like this, right? It's BS. It doesn't, that don't, like get, get into like a few fights. And you're like, you know, I don't like that bowl on the side of your face, right? <laughs> I, it, marriage was a decision and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm deciding to commit to this person and this process and so by by god's um uh I, i don't know just the biblical way it's just like you are required to love the person you marry not love marry the person you love and so when i think about and it's crazy. When I think about um, arranged marriage and, and a lot of people, now don't get me wrong. There's a lot of arranged marriages that are terrible. There's a lot of not arranged marriages that are terrible, but the healthy ones that I see, they all have this, like, this reoccurring theme of understanding that marriage is, um, you're, you're required, you, you have to work towards loving your, your, your spouse and on top of that in, in, in a lot of cases in the healthiest cases your family's really trying to look out for you right so they're trying yeah. they're, they're finding someone that that matches your personality it's not just like oh who's gonna make us the richest it's it's oh this is a good person for you because we know you and we love you and so this is so they often are really trying to look out for whoever they're setting up um, but it's just a weird it's a different dynamic man this is weird. But, hey.
2: So, Clay, you mentioned Indians. Like, I'm watching um, uh-huh. Indian Matchmaking on Netflix.
0: Yes! That I show mean... is wild, bro! Yo, yeah.
2: so, that show I,
1: I, is... I don't think I have the capacity to watch something like that right now. Bro, Bruh,
2: bro, gotta it, gotta let me lie. tell you, it's a good distraction. It will take your mind off of so much. You get enthralled in this show because it's like what? Like Did you, you see that lawyer, girl? Yeah, I first of all, first of all, a... Uh, 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 her name but she <laughs> is like i just like I'm, the most, i hate you <laughs> I, i'm just like oh she's like why what's what's happening right now she i don't know if she what's
1: the premise call? of the show
2: so okay the whole premise of the show is that they have these families well they have individuals that are trying to get married so they go to this Indian matchmaker. Her name is Seema Auntie from Nepal. Yeah. And she like she basically is matching them up. And it's it just it's the backdrop is Indian culture where they are, you know, trying to get people married and form these arranged marriages. And but within it, you're just being thrown into Indian culture. Like it through the matchmaking process, they go to face readers. They they listen to their fortune. They get their palms read. They're like it's like all of these things that they're doing to basically get the universe aligned to bring two people together. So there's a whole bunch that goes into an arranged marriage. And while yes, like there are poorer countries that do this, these families are stinking rich. Like mm-hmm. filthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like their wealth mm-hmm. is like. Oh okay. <gasps> So they want to mm. get like a, a well-groomed girl to come into their family. They want to make sure that the person is fair, that they're tall, that they're rich, that they they basically oh, are looking wow. for like perfection. That
0: fair part though needs adjustment. They need they they need to adjustment. go. Yo, that's oh, yeah. wild. Wow. You that. see they that, that everywhere. Well, color,
2: colorism, colorism is it's everywhere. Across the board.
0: That's crazy.
2: Universal. Universal. Yeah. Wow. It's a universal thing.
0: Yeah, except for Africa. Well, it's the opposite. Africa, if you're too light, you gotta get up out of here. Um, well, they
2: still bleach in certain parts of Africa.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm like, I don't think so. yeah. Well, Africa, not all of Africa. That's a continent, right? Certain like Tanzania, like if you're albino, you're like. But that, no, no.
2: But that's different. Albino, yeah, like yeah, albinos, albinos, that. albinos are a little different. They're looked as.
1: Uh, it like, just that, that's just like a uh, irregularity. It's a it's a yeah. defect. Like, that's, that's what really they look at,
2: and they look at as fortune and all that stuff. And they're actually like, you know, by certain tribes and uh, rituals, they're looked at. I think there's a documentary on them as well, where like people use them for like great fortune, and they're like hunted out as prey to like kill things. Uh, that's, that's wild. Kings,
0: that's you know? really and wild. so
2: like, there's a lot of activism to like try to save their lives and stuff, yeah. like that and get people's perceptions to be different about them and see them as human. Um, but yeah, I think
1: our bought is totally different, but like colorism is definitely a thing. Claire, so let me, let me ask you this, Clay. Yeah. Um, you don't think you have to be sexually attracted to your spouse before you marry them?
0: <laughs> I, I think sexual attraction is very important. It's very important, but as I've been married, I'm, it's hard to say, right? Like, I think it is important. I think you should be sexually attracted. I'm saying... Sexual attraction can grow before marriage. You don't have to get married; it, it can grow. Is all I'm saying, right? Whether it happens before marriage or after marriage, um, so you think, married, Do
1: you think? So, do you think two people who are not attracted to each other should enter into a relationship, knowing that they're not attracted to each other, in order that it could possibly grow?
0: I don't think anything is impossible, and so I, I think if it if, if if that person that you see over there you're not necessarily sexually attracted to them, but you really vibe with that person, I say, yo, explore it. Hey, worst case scenario, it don't work out, right? But to me, in a marriage, like, sex is important, right? Sexual attraction is important. I'm sexually attracted to my wife, right? But on, like, the totem pole of things that are important to me in this marriage, what, like that's like lower on the totem pole than you would expect um the the bond that you have with somebody like that person that has my back like i you know my wife is like my ride or die like that's far more important than than the sex in the relationship and so i think <laughs> we just had this idea that kind of sex is like the pinnacle. But I'm like, yo, once you're in a marriage and y'all paying bills and y'all are doing life and, and and all that, you're like, sex is great, sex is really, really important, but I I don't sit around my house thinking I gotta have sex with my wife and I'm always thinking about how attractive she is and all that. I'm I'm you know yo, shout out to to James Roberson the third. My dude did my, my premarital counseling, and it was absolutely amazing. And he said something that was so poignant, so good, that, that I try to keep in the back of my mind. He was like, before you're married, the devil wants you to have as much sex as possible. After you're married, the devil wants you to have as little sex as possible. And I was like, whoa. And so talk to, I have some friends, and they're like, no, we schedule sex. Like, this is going to happen at least once a week. Because we know sex is important. But the reality is it is not the most important part in your relationship. It's not, right? But, like, that's my partner. That's my that's my person. That's my, my person to either, like, come to blows with and, like, fight with all the time. Or that, that person that helps me get through, that person that is watching my six all the time, you know, that's far more valuable than than sex. Sex is is fantastic and it should be. hopefully, you know, I want all couples to have more sex. That's my whole thing now. Like you marry, have mad sex as much as you can. But it's not the reality once you get married. More thing, other things become more important and deeper. Like that sense of commitment to me is just just deeper.
1: I mean, that's cool, man. It's just that, you know, I've heard other people say different things. You know, I actually had a, a long conversation with Rich um, about this. But I think one of the things I was pushing back on from married people is that I think that married people like to downplay the beauty of sex in marriage. And I think that they do this because they feel like it's helping singles out by telling singles that sex is not that great or not that important or sort of like the least of these in a marriage. And that somehow makes singles feel better about the fact that they're single. Um, But I actually think the opposite is true. I actually think that talking about how beautiful sex is actually helps singles, especially single men, you know, fight to remain pure. Because if I'm being told that, yo, sex is whack outside of marriage, it's not even worth anything in marriage. Like, I understand that there's all these bonds and stuff like that. But dudes out here like fighting against all of their urges and and, and trying to remain pure and then being told that sex is not that great or it's not that important or, you know, and I, and I think there's actually a disservice that gets done to single people And I think that they're they're actually trying to do the opposite, but it's actually discouraging. But that was just something else I was talking about. For me, you know, just going back to what you said before, like, I actually think, I, I never said sex is the most important thing. I think that that's not true. Clearly, you know, the Bible talks about loving your spouse, you know, husbands love your wife like Christ loved the church. That 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 that's so that's so much deeper than sex. It's, it's not even possible to to just say sex is the most important thing, right? But that doesn't lessen the the fact that that covenant of marriage is signified by that sexual union, and such that if you break that sexual union, it's adultery, right? So the, the Bible does see it as very 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 important. One of the ways in which, like james robinson said satan tries to get into that marriage is to stop you from trying to have sex because it is important and it keeps people yeah. from looking elsewhere for sexual fulfillment so for me you know i think it's problematic you know like for me i could never enter into a relationship or i wouldn't expect people to enter into a relationship where there's no attraction whatsoever before uh, that, to me, is a dangerous sign. And I think what you're doing is, at that point, you're entering into something where you, you might end up breaking up and causing a pain that didn't need to happen. Because from the very beginning, you should have paid attention to the fact that there was nothing here from the very beginning. So this is my thoughts. I could be wrong. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I need it need to be arranged into a marriage.
2: <laughs> Brian no. as the only other single person on this call. So I think actually this episode is turning into us revisiting. Remember when we talked about what Christian guys were attracted to? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think I have um revised my position on what constitutes attraction and what it actually even is. Like I've been talking to so many married people and every single one of them, when I've been talking about dating, they're like, sis, let me tell you that thing that you are picky about, doesn't matter. <laughs> or that mm-hmm. thing that you want doesn't matter. Because when you are five years in and everything has changed, somebody's lost a parent, somebody, you know, you you both have lost a child, you have suffered a miscarriage, somebody has cancer, you're not thinking about that kind of stuff. So you want to, instead of looking for like tall, dark, and handsome, you want to find somebody who's trustworthy, dependable, and honest. Yeah. And while I still absolutely believe in like, well, I want to at least like his face, I have shifted in thinking of like, okay, your character can make you a lot more attractive. Your character can make you a lot more beautiful in the sense of like, once I have, look, I, I like your face. Cool. We're good on that. Okay. But how is your character on top of that? So I think I have actually shifted my perspective and I, Gary Thomas, um, the guy that wrote The Sacred Search, So his thing is like, if he counsels couples and the first thing the girl says is like, well, he wasn't really my type, but you know, I I like him now, he finds that as a red flag. He's like, that absolutely is a red flag. If you feel the need to tell me how much you did not like this person at first or how much you were not attracted to them, it's like, y'all don't need to get married because you're not actually attracted to him." But he also talks about like how attraction is multifaceted. Like, it, mm-hmm. physical is probably what draws it in, but then what sustains it is, like, the mental, the conversation, the, like, the dependability, the character. Um, so he's, like, you know, it builds upon that basis. But the floor is, if you absolutely look at this person, you are disgusted by them. Don't get married. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Go for, for yourself. <laughs> do not get married. But if it's someone, that you're, like, okay, you know. Deal with what I'm looking at here, and on top of that, they have the characters. Like, all right, we can build and grow the other forms of attraction.
1: Well, um, well lord as uh, uh, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that I was able to convince you to change your position. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, that, we, that, <laughs> that you that you are now reneging your position from that <laughs> from that podcast. Now we absolutely must be use flying. this segment.
2: If you know, it's not a full remake because I mean, my God, if you are fine and you're a good character, well, hey, come on. oh, yeah. it. oh yes. But yes. it's like, okay, he's a nice looking boy, and he's a nice person. Okay, we could we could talk.
0: <laughs> but but here we go. So so again, like attractive is a, attraction is subjective, but I really feel like you can grow to be attracted to somebody, like you that you.
1: I'm, I'm going to keep it okay. real with you. I think that's actually easier for women than it is for men.
0: 110%. Absolutely. 110%, right? Absolutely. But, and, but here's why, though. Here's why, though. Because we're in an overly sexualized culture mm-hmm. where we, we are, it's a misogynistic culture where we demean, like women have a way more unattainable standard of beauty than men. Do. And so we're, dudes are used to seeing, you know, whatever, Victoria's Secret, and da 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 And so our idea of beauty is really perverse. But for women, like what? Y'all had D'Angelo, all right? But then y'all got dudes like ugly dudes. Some would say ugly dudes who are like, like Benedict Cumberbatch. Some women find that dude beautiful, amazing, super attractive, but he also kind of looks like a thumb. I'm just saying... (laughs) <laughs> that it's not, it's not, it's not the same for, I, what I'm saying is I agree with you. It's not the same for men and for women. It's definitely easier for women than men, but I think that's just because we've been conditioned that way. But what I will say about attraction and you can grow into attraction. When you're married, your spouse is not always attractive to you. Sometimes you'd be in a bad fight. And the last thing you're thinking about is how beautiful this person is, right? And so I think married folks need to do a better job of explaining the, like, I'm sick and tired of hearing, like, when I was getting married, like, I, I vowed to never do this. I'm never gonna tell somebody, like, yo, bro, don't get married. Like, oh, you're making a biggest mistake of your life. Like, I had so many dudes tell me that. I'm like, well, that's because your marriage is terrible because you have this you have this idea, but I don't, I don't want that, right? We need to do a better job of explaining like, or being more real about what marriage really is. Because if I didn't have the people in my life who, who were really open to me about what marriage is, I would have been like, I would have been thinking like sex is the most important thing. But because I had really good men and really good women in my life to really center the, my expectation it, it changed everything and allowed me to experience because if you're only thinking about sex, like you're missing out on like a really deep part of life, being able to experience that. If, if that's where God is leading a life, some people like, yo, if you single, you single, that's good. Like, enjoy that. Like, that's beautiful too, you know, but marriage is deeper than sex is, is all I'm saying. So, I'm not encouraging people, like if you're not attracted to that person, like go and date them. I'm saying, like, first of all, check your expectation. Why do you think that that person is beautiful or not beautiful? You gotta check that first. Because there's some really amazing people out here that you're gonna miss out on. Um because you have this this really perverse idea of what is attractive, or you've been conditioned to think that X is attractive over Y for what? You know, that person, who are you to say that that person is not attractive? Oh, that person is just ugly. And so they should just be condemned to ugly for the rest of their life. Like, no, that's not, that's not okay. But I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know.
1: I mean, I, I feel like the assumption is that just because somebody may not be attracted to somebody, that that means that that person is ugly. It just simply means that I am not attracted to that person. It doesn't mean that that person is ugly or has to be relegated to being ugly. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? of course. Of um, course. I so, of course. I, so I feel like for me, I don't really want to ever guilt trip anybody into thinking, "Dang man, like I'm not attracted to this person is because I think this person is ugly." Nah, that person is really beautiful. I mean, if you don't like the person, you don't think the person is attractive. You, you just don't think that they're attractive, and, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But I also think sometimes, too, and I feel like I'm sounding more like Lourdes was on the, on the last episode.
2: So I convinced you on the last
0: episode?
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm sounding more like Lourdes, and Lourdes is sounding more like me <laughs> like on the, on the last episode. Um, I think
2: I just have a more balanced view right now, but go ahead.
1: Right. I think I have a more balanced view too, because I don't take back anything I said before. I just think that, you know, I just think that um yeah, let me go back to let me go back to what I was saying before. Um I think that when you know like when people say like, oh, you've been conditioned to think something is perverse, or you have this you know, desire for something that is uh what's the word? Like unrealistic or something. And and for me I have to kinda check some of those statements. Like I do think that for instance, like there are things in this culture like pornography and things of that nature that have warped the minds of men and have warped the the way that men view women. And 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 women view men too, because women consume pornography, but The majority of people who consume pornography are men, Um, but that doesn't mean that having a sexual attraction to something or desiring something is somehow the result of some unnatural sort of, you know, thing that has hidden, you know, because at the end of the day, like, you know, you don't ever want to minimize somebody to a particular body part but God created body parts and body parts are attractive. You know what I mean? And you know, if, if if someone has a particular desire for a body part and I'm trying to keep this as PG as I can possibly (laughs) keep it, I don't want to tell that person, well, you know, you got a desire for that body part or even a proportional size of that body part. If I'm going to be real, you have a desire for that because there's a perversion that has entered into your mind. Is that true? is it true that because you have that desire is the perversion or is it God created body parts, body parts are beautiful because God is beautiful and you have a desire for that thing because it's beautiful and, and there's no, and, and you shouldn't be made to feel guilty because you have a desire for that thing. You know what I mean? So those are things that I'm, I'm thinking about because I think that, what ends up happening is dudes have or women. I'm I'm. I can only speak for being a man. Um, you have a desire for something, and then when you express like, "Man, I have a desire for this thing," you're immediately hit with, "Man, that's because, man, you live in a sexualized society, and it's because <laughs> you, you were looking at porn, and that's why you." And it's like, is is that really why though?
0: So, so uh, that's I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so 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 I agree with you to an extent, but that's the, like, Brian, you're a good dude, right? Like, you're a good dude, a godly man, right? I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I'm speaking from having to unlearn a lot and knowing a lot of men having to unlearn the same things that I learned. Yeah, okay, I why do you like? Too. Yeah, we all we all do, but right, but okay, I like bigger, bigger, that, 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 da, da, because what I'm seeing on TV. I, I think we don't If
2: y'all don't just say y'all like big butts and you can yeah, yeah, yeah. lie and just move on with your no, life No, 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 butts. no, no, nobody Nah,
1: listen, but, but it's listen, not even it's just big not, butts. Just
2: butts You it, like it, big butts, big, big breasts, whatever,
0: just say It's big brains. brains It's big brains, like, brains <laughs> alright no, uh, But, what but you
1: know, but the reality is that there's guys who don't even like big everything, they like smaller. That's everything. what I'm
0: saying, right? And So, so if you like so- small
2: breasts, say the say the body part. If we're gonna normalize, like say, like you, Brian, you're saying like God made body parts, and you know if they're like beautiful, like yeah, I that's think, just like, that's just me trying of, to like, be
1: you know PG as possible. Everybody, I don't think
2: the word breast is, really, is it requires PG. It's like it's a right. body part.
0: But I, you know, I, I, said I really, other things that people call breasts.
2: <laughs> but yeah. like you know, if we're just gonna like humanize people and humanize body parts of like God made this, like okay, I am attracted to the the womanly figure. I like when women are curvy. I like when their waists are small. I like if they like bigger breasts or they have they have smaller breasts or I like, you know, more narrow hips. Using that language makes it like, you know, body parts are like real things and not just like these objects. like, "Oh, I like things on people's bodies." Like, okay. You like butts. Well, I mean, you're um, right. I, I, the, the, I,
1: I, the thing about that though, Lord is is that whenever you enter into a conversation like that, that's the way people interpret it. Like, it you no, know, even if I use the word breasts, People, people will judge me and go, well, you're talking about that thing on a person's body and you shouldn't be so focused on that thing <laughs> on a person's body because you're, you know, this is the result of a culture that's over-sexualized. And, this, you know what I mean? So the reality is that I think in in the culture in general, there's just this immediate desire to strike at any type of profession that... I am attracted to a person's body, right? Like, and I think Christians, you know, we we admit the bare minimum, like, yeah, you should be attracted to that person. We admit that bare minimum, but then it's like any sort of expression of something more is moving into lust, it's moving into impure desire, it's moving into something that you should not think about care about you know and i and i just think that that and obviously it can be there it, it can lead to that like it can be something that is an idol you know so i i'm not even saying you shouldn't be thinking about whether or not you know you are being over committed to something that you shouldn't be committed to but i also don't think you should just automatically say that something like that is is, is coming from a place of impurity. That's what I'm saying. So.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not saying at all. First of all, like we talk about body parts, I really like big calf muscles. You know what I'm saying? Like just. Calf. <laughs> Yo, shut up. No, calf I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Yo, <right>.
1: hey, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. So
0: elbows get me going. You know what I mean, son. No, nah, <laughs> <Yeah>. but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I, I think you're I think you're right. I think you're right, Brian, like you know, just because you're attracted to something doesn't mean you are perverse or the reason why is perverse, but what I'm saying is in the reality um gotcha. oh, dang uh-uh. dang, okay. I feel you uh, I, but I, I just think the reality is that a lot of our American culture is overly sexualized in a negative way um, I, think, I think the way that that women have been portrayed in the past and is getting a little better has been dangerous for women. I think um, it's been dangerous for men, our psyche. I I think the way that we have viewed things, if you live in a vacuum and, okay, I'm attracted to big butts or big breasts or whatever, and that's just what it is, cool. But I'm saying we got to think about why in our society because our society is an overly sexualized society. I grew up watching wrestling. They had mu- girls wrestling in mud. That that can't be nourishing to a developing boy's brain. Absolutely. Is what I'm saying. And so I'm saying I'm saying there's a huge majority of us that what we desire comes from a perverse place. It doesn't always and it doesn't have to and it's not an absolute but there are so many things in our society that really tweak the way that we develop when it comes to attraction. And so I just want to be res- um, responsible in in my journey um, to to examine why I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to and and then if I can do that, maybe cause because the reality like it. What you're attracted to today may not be what you're attracted to t- tomorrow. It it shifts. It's a spectrum. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like we should, we don't, m- at least men, because I can just speak as, as a dude, we don't ask ourselves enough, why am I attracted to that thing? And I think that's a really important question. And, and women, too. Why am I attracted to that thing? Ask yourself that question. Answer that question and keep growing and keep moving because you might miss out on somebody that was someone great great but because you are over here like you gotta have six pack you know a six pack and all that stuff why you weren't attracted to that before but now you're attracted to it but why is what i'm saying so yeah,
2: yeah, I've been doing it. that delving of like asking myself why I'm attracted to certain things, and it definitely has been. So my idealized form of van. Have y'all ever read the coldest winter ever? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Honey, let me tell you. Yes, I don't know what Haskell that is. That's a first book that is the nah. book is the soldier right this is the soldier the yes, coldest yep. winter ever and mm-hmm. i had to, so it's a book about this young girl whose father's a drug dealer and she mm-hmm. is raised up in the world of like the drug dealing scene in new york and she falls in love with this man who is a studied he reads books muslim drug dealer and his name is midnight and the way that sister soldier describes him in the book is like Oh my God! I want to marry Midnight. He's tall. He's dark. He reads books, girl. He loves God. I mean, it's a different God, but he loves God. So it's just like you just get this like this image in your head of like my ideal man is Midnight, and I had to like really like delve and ask myself like why am I attracted to a certain type of dudes? It's from that book. Now again, <laughs> it, it's def it's definitely coming from the coldest winter ever. So, um, Brian, to your point of, like, Christians always want to downplay physicality, like, that's coming from, you know, a form of Gnosticism, and I don't agree with that, I think that's bondage, like, I think we don't just, like, absolutely dismiss the physical and dismiss the, um, you know, body parts of, like, that we are attracted to, that's good, God made them, the The body's beautiful, but at the same time, like, to Clay's point of, like, I had to really delve and understand where are my attractions coming to because for a long time I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to light-skinned men because like you don't look like midnight you're not my drug dealer ideal man (laughs) like you can't be (laughs) you know it's coming from that but so it's you know we got to unpack all of our things my positions from last episode I'm holding on to some of them attraction is still important but I've also evolved attraction can grow and it can evolve and it can be based on different things, good and
1: bad. I actually don't, I don't actually disagree with anybody. I I just think that we're emphasizing different points along the spectrum and trying to give a more complete view of attraction and how important it plays into marriage and all of this. Um, And I just think that, you know, for, for me, it's like trying to figure out where desire plays into, you know, what it is you pursue when it comes to romance. What, what is the place of desire? You know, and I think that desires can be tricky because desires can come from a bad place. But desires can also be good, Right. And I think essentially a lot of the things that we're looking for are good, but can come from an idolatrous desire. And so what is it? What does it even mean to talk to God about your desires specifically? Right. Mm -hmm. Not even just pray about a spouse in general, but pray about what you want specifically. That's something we even talk about.
0: Yeah, right. I, I, I want to see I want to see God's creation as beautiful and anything that that disrupted that I need to examine that. And so I think this conversation is really good that we're having because it's given like a, a bigger picture of more Christians. You have this conversation, but really what I want to get to is it's never shaming what God calls beautiful.
1: Yeah, and, and I agree with that. You know, and we'll probably record many, many, many episodes like this because, this, you know, <laughs> the topic of dating and sexuality and all of that is just never gonna ever end. Um, but um, you know, thanks for for listening um, to the City Image podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, the theological giant, alongside the rest of my co-hosts. Who 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 we got over here? It's, Oh y'all, y'all never ready. Never (laughs) ready when I pass y'all the ball, man. Okay, let me pick it up.
2: You know, I'm just—I really was just thinking that I was floored by this conversation of like, really, what I'm—my strong takeaway is that point of like, examine your attractions and take your desires to God, and that's where I am. So that this is Lord Esanita standing in her personhood, trying Mm. to figure it out. (laughs) So this is Barlene the Wild Thornberry
0: uh this is this is clay aka donald sterling aka young queasy um and i'm just i don't even i don't have anything as good as i'm living in my personhood but i'm just doing the best i can
1: City image.